0: what's up guys and welcome back to zachary reality i am your host zachary reality and this is the 19th episode of my podcast so i am so excited to be back on my podcast talking with you guys i've missed you guys i had such a good weekend last weekend and i'm going to tell you guys all about it and i've met some awesome reality stars in the past week that i want to tell you guys about but the high that was last weekend to the low that was this week or that is this week has been like two different end zones. I have been so annoyed for no reason the past few days and I just want to fight everything and everyone. So I'm really glad that we're on this podcast and that I can do a little event session real quick before we bring on our guest in a few minutes because I'm just so annoyed and I need to just talk about why I'm annoyed, which I literally can't figure out. Maybe you can help me figure it out, but I'm just so frustrated and annoyed for no reason. The past like two and a half days, I've just been, annoyed like there's nothing wrong and like it's just like a little funk maybe I'm like having my male period or something I don't know what it is but the past couple of days I've just been annoyed and I'm gonna get out of it like hopefully tomorrow or the next day, or maybe even today. Like, let's be optimistic. Let's get out of it right now while we're on this podcast. But I'm just annoyed. Like, does anyone ever feel like they're just annoyed and it lasts like two or three days? I know some of you guys listening are gonna be like, I've been annoyed for like six years. Well, I feel that too. But I had a really good weekend, so I want to tell you guys about it, and then we're gonna talk about Bachelor, obviously. So my weekend started off amazing. I went to an influencer event um at the Lux Hotel Sunset Boulevard. It was just like a really cool influencer event where there was like all these vendors and brands it was by the modern day wife so definitely check them out Um, I'm gonna insert some clips here if you're watching on YouTube from the event Um, I got to meet Leanne Locken at the event, which was so cool. She's from the Real Housewives of Dallas. I was getting like my eyes done. Like there was like this girl who does like sparkles. I have to put her in here too. And Leanne Locken just like showed up and then we literally just talked about like housewives and all that kind of stuff, got a cool picture and like it was so much fun. And then the next day after that, recorded an episode of this new podcast that I've been recording on. It's called the F-Boy Pod. We have been interviewing guys from the new reality show called F-Boy Island. It's been so much fun. I've been co-hosting this F-Boy Pod and we've been just like interviewing guys. So it's just like a cute little co-hosting moment. It's been really cool to get some experience in a studio versus recording things at home. So that is super exciting. And we're also working on getting Zachary Reality in a studio, even if it only can happen like once a month or depending on if a guest I have is in LA. We are working on getting Zachary Reality to start recording in a studio. Stay tuned for that. And I think that's going to work out really soon. So I'm really excited about that. And on Saturday, I hung out with some friends by the pool. I also stopped by the West Hollywood Park because there was this Vanderpump dog found foundation event going on so Lisa Vanderpump was there they were having a doggy competition and they just trying to spread awareness to help the dogs and the foundations and all of those things and like Lala Kent was there and the Toms and Raquel so I just met so many reality stars this weekend oh I also met Queen Victoria also known as Goddess Victoria we actually met on Friday as well so last weekend was just so good Because as a reality TV obsessed human being that I am, also known as Zachary Reality, meeting like six reality stars in a weekend, maybe even eight, like it's just a good weekend to be Zachary Reality. So it was a high last weekend. Everyone asking about Goddess Victoria, um, I got a lot of questions like, what does she like? Is she really like she is on the show? Blah, blah, blah. She is so cool. Me and her vibe so well. I really liked her energy. I liked her vibe. As far as like her being like a mean girl on the show, it's a TV show. She was not mean in real life. Like she was just really cool and really open. I think that she knew she was going to be a character on the show. She knew she was going to be the villain. And I told her, I was like, villains are cool. We love villains. So Victoria knew she was going to be a villain on the show, but she did not know she was going to be depicted as a mean girl or a bully. So that kind of was hard for her, but she kind of gives no Fs about anything really. So I think she'll be fine. I'm looking forward to seeing her in Bachelor in Paradise. And I do want to talk about the Bachelor finale, the Bachelor in Paradise trailer, all of that real quick before we bring in my guest who is no filter with Zach, but I'll get into him in just a minute. The Bachelorette, the finale was this week. Katie chose Blake, spoiler alert. Well, it's all over the internet. I put out a TikTok. I was like, this is what happened. And then like everyone in my comment section is like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I'm like, if you were not gonna see it on my TikTok, you would have saw it somewhere else because it literally was everywhere. Katie ended up getting engaged to Blake after the dramatic breakup with Greg. I am super happy for Katie. Um, It's been a long journey. I've been very connected to her and very connected to the show, very connected to the season. I've been covering it all season. I'm really glad that she had a happy ending and I really wish her and Blake the best. So I am happy for them in regards to greg um oh my god i actually just listened to the Biofiles podcast where greg was on and that gave me a whole new perspective as far as after the final rose i do believe that katie came in hot and she kind of walked all over him a little bit but i also feel like katie had so much anger and so much i don't know if it's resentment but she was just really upset about the way things ended with Greg he left very abruptly he didn't say goodbye she was like on her knees crying and like he left and it was just really immature of him to leave so I think that Katie went to after the final rose wanting to get that closure wanting to get all of that anger or tension out of her system and I also think Katie wanted to give us a good show because she knows what the bachelor people want we want to see this Greg and Katie face off and I think that she's been very involved in bachelor nation all all season long on social media with fans she knew the assignment she knew what she had to do and she really gave Greg a new one. And she called him out on things that we were all thinking. I mean, there has been rumors about Greg being an actor being this being that all season long. So I'm glad that she kind of held him accountable. My problem is that Greg didn't speak up for himself. Greg kind of let Katie tell his narrative on After the Final Rose because he didn't speak up for himself. And don't ask me if I'm team Katie or team Greg. I love both of them. I'm really happy that Katie is with Blake. I wish her the best. She's been amazing all season long. But I also love Greg too. And I think Greg is the cutest thing ever. And he's really sweet. And I think that he obviously has a lot of growing to do and maturity to do and i wish that he just spoke up for himself on after the final rose and that's just how i feel about the after the final rose special honestly greg now that he's single i do have a rose here so greg if you want to accept my rose let me know i am in hollywood california and i am very interested Um, Not actually, guys, that's just a joke. But Greg also went on the Vile Files podcast and he said some interesting things that he didn't get to say on After the Final Rose. Maybe because Katie was cutting him off, maybe because Katie blindsided him coming in so hot, or maybe because he was just shy and didn't know what to say, or maybe because everything Katie said was true. I don't know. But some of the things that Greg said on Nick Vile's podcast, if you guys haven't listened to it, knew he was immature when... He handled the breakup with Katie. He definitely came on the show for love. He was originally cast for Becca Coop's season. His sister was the one that signed him up for the show. He turned that down because he was too young. He was probably like 23 at the time. I think he's 27 now. And then he was cast for Claire Crawley season. And once he found out that Claire was going to be the Bachelorette, obviously there was like six months postponed from filming. So everyone knew Claire was going to be the Bachelorette. Then he kind of got out of Claire's season, which I think was a great decision for him. He didn't think that him and Claire would last. And then the show came around again and cast him for Katie's season. And that's why he decided to go on Katie's season. He also said that the process was so real for him. He truly was in love with her, wouldn't have introduced her to his family if he wasn't. Once he was getting that vibe, after she didn't reciprocate those feelings, that's when he decided that he needed to leave. He wished that he handled the breakup better, but he didn't. So I respect Greg for being open on the podcast that he was just on. Maybe we'll get him on my podcast one day, hopefully in person. But oh, it is what it is. The Bachelorette's over. I'm kind of over talking about it. I wish everyone the best. And I mean, it was a good season, guys. Like it was a good season. So can we at least close the chapter on that? Thank you. Bachelor in Paradise. Oh my God, the trailer looked insane. So there's a lot going on. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm putting in a bunch of clips right now on the trailer. have to run down this list. I did do a TikTok about it. But I'm going to run down some of the things that we're going to see on Bachelor in Paradise this summer, aka this season. So we're going to see Kelsey popping champagne, we're going to see Victoria P making out with James little john is there. David Spade is being the main host. Piper is going to be walking in. There's going to be a love triangle with her, Brendan, and somebody else. Queen Demi is also back. She's going to be hooking up with Brendan, Kenny, and getting into a feud with Mari, um, who also, I believe, is going for Kenny. Mari is going to be throwing a cake in the fire that I believe Demi got for Kenny for his birthday. So that's going to be super interesting. Tammy is also back. I loved Tammy from Peter's season. She was a firecracker. McKenna is also back. The two of them feuded on Peter's season so I'm definitely hoping for a part two I love a part two we're also going to be seeing Tammy making out with Aaron um Abigail and Noah are going to be a thing Tajwan and Trey are going to be a thing grocery store Joe and Serena are going to be a thing and then Kendall shows up and that's going to cause a lot of drama Riley's hooking up with Marisa Becca Koof is going on a date with Thomas they're going to be hooking up all season long Justania and Ivan are going to be hooking up there might be a love triangle with them there's also going to be a fight between Aaron and Thomas to top things all off it might get physical but I don't think so so that's kind of your bachelor in paradise rundown um I still think we need to watch this season we need to watch how everything plays out I don't think that was any spoilers that kind of just was like the teaser and that's what a teaser is we know what's gonna happen we just don't know how it's all gonna go down so bachelor in paradise is gonna be on August 16th we're gonna be talking about it on my podcast I love doing bachelor content on my podcast but I also love to mix things up if you've been listening to my podcast I've had people on from survivor the circle awesome tiktokers awesome influence so many fun people and today i have the one and only no filter with zach on my podcast also known as zach peter zach peter is a podcast host he loves bravo He has an awesome podcast. He's had amazing guests. He's really built his podcast into a brand, No Filter with Zach. Really excited to have him on to chat with me about all things Housewives, about all things starting a podcast, starting a brand, creating content, making content your full-time job, becoming an entrepreneur, and creating businesses. You could be a personality on the internet. You could be on social media. But how are you going to make money? How are you going to work with brands? How are you going to create a brand for yourself where you could make money and it could be sustainable for a long time. Zach Peter has truly done that. Let's play the interview with Zach and we'll touch base at the end of the podcast. Okay, we are here with the one and only Mr. Comedian, podcast host, entrepreneur, wine connoisseur, Bravo-holic, the one and only Zach Peter. How are you?
1: I'm well, thanks. I always love to meet a fellow Zach. I have yet to meet a Zach that I don't like. So thank you for having me oh. on Zach.
0: Okay. Yes. So I actually go by Zachary. So I used oh, to Zachary. go by, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I didn't even tell you that, but um, I used to go by Zach as like a kid. And then when I got older, I was like, I just want to be Zachary. Cause it just felt more fabulous. Do you ever feel, yeah. have you ever thought about making that transition?
1: I feel like it's the opposite for me where I was Zachary growing up. So uh-huh. to me, I attribute it to kind of like my inner child.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I was Zach growing up. And I was just like, I'm, I'm ready to change my name now that I'm like an adult doing all of the things. So I just went with Zachary. But you spell it Z-A-C-K or Z-A-K?
1: Well, my so my name is Zachary. So it's spelled Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y, the, oh. the traditional way. But when I dropped it to just Zach, it's Z-A-C-K.
0: Oh, okay. You cha- you changed, it up. I changed how- it up. And how many friends named Zach do you actually have? Or hmm. people you maybe just follow?
1: Um there are a couple. I don't know if I have any like friends' friends. It is interesting when I'm like on bumble and I'm swiping and I see another Zach that's like really hot. And i mean, like, that's that would be weird to have like two Zachs dating each other.
0: It would. It would be weird, but it's what do you know it's you know it's not weird to have two Zachs podcasting together. Mm, yes that is not weird and you are like you have your own podcast no filter with Zach yes and you're doing amazing you record so many episodes you're so on top of everything you're doing lives on YouTube on Instagram interviewing reality stars from a lot of Bravo but also other shows what are like your favorite shows to talk about slash you're watching currently
1: Um, I'm currently obsessed with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills only because we have the whole Girardi scandal. So I'm like watching that and like taking notes. And so on my podcast, I do deep dives into the whole Girardi scandal. So like, you know, Things that happened with Tom Girardi, like pre Erica, I went and went through her book and like took notes. I take notes from the show. So like, that's been fun to kind of explore. Potomac, Real Housewives of Potomac is really good. I like Shaws of Sunset. Um, I'm new to Family Karma, but I've started watching a little bit of it when it's really good. Um, Yeah. And then I also like like the Netflix reality shows like uh, Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle. Those are really good.
0: Have you seen The Circle? Oh yes. I have seen the circle. So good, So good. Um, that's the one show that is like my favorite right now. Cause it's like new. Do you, and yeah. you've never tried to watch the bachelor or dove into like Siesta key. Um, I've
1: wanted to watch Siesta key because like it's shot so beautifully and everybody's on there, like everyone on there. Is so hot. I watched the Hills new beginnings only cause I was like an OG Hills fan back in the day Um, and then the bachelor, that's the one show, the one reality show I just have not subscribed to, but I am wildly attracted to a lot of the bachelors. And now that Colton has come out, I know it's, it it feels naughty, but I just like, I want him to do naughty things to me in bed.
0: Oh, I completely understand. I think that Colton coming out could have been a great opportunity to have our first gay bachelor yes but if you're not aware of his past it's kind of messy and he has a bad track record so he kind of messes it up for us at the same time as he's like helping us so yeah but I what I've noticed about like major bravaholics is that they usually do not like the bachelor as much like it just doesn't you can't do both
1: you you do one or the other. You're part of one cult or the other cult, but you very rarely overlap because I also think like who has that much time to like invest in all of it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I have an appreciation for The Bachelor, but it's more from afar.
0: That's fair. I've like invested in The Bachelor. That's like my first love, but I got into Bravo in college. So I would say I've been watching Bravo, huge fan for the past four or five years, but I've never like dug into the old seasons and I've watched clips on YouTube, but like, I just don't care to watch back every single episode. How long have you been watching Bravo? When did you first start watching?
1: Um, I would say maybe in college as well. I feel like I, I didn't really watch Bravo until Real Housewives of New Jersey season three. I watched the season two reunion and then was like hooked and then started watching Jersey season three. And then from there... Uh, Beverly Hills came, so I started watching Beverly Hills, and then I got uh, subscribed to New York, and then it kind of just continued to build from there.
0: It always starts with Jersey. I started with Jersey, too. It's my first love. It's my first favorite. They're filming right now. I'm wondering what you think about the two new cast members. It's not kind of confirmed yet, but like, how do you think that's going to go? We've needed a shake-up in Jersey.
1: Yeah. um, I'm a little disappointed that they're, from what I've heard, they're only friends of... Sorry. No, you're good. Sorry, right, we can retake that. No, um, no, no, no. From what I've heard, they are only friends of and they're not full time as of yet. So I'm hoping they bring a little spice. I'm hoping it's like a set-and-strack situation where they give enough to get, you know, well, they don't have I was gonna say a diamond or an apple, but they don't carry anything. They, they need a
0: pineapple.
1: All they carry is debt. Um, ah! Yes, then they need a pineapple now. But um, yeah, I feel like I'm. I'm excited for some new blood because as good as the cast is, it's been very consistent. And obviously it's a little predictable what's going to happen. Jennifer's isolated from the other women. So we kind of already pr- know what's going to happen and unfold with them. So I'm ready for some new blood.
0: I'm so worried about that because I love Jennifer so much, but I, I do think friend-ofs could carry it. I mean, on Atlanta, they have like five housewives and like five friend-ofs or like six yeah. friend-ofs. Yeah, so- yeah, yeah, yeah. It really works if the friend ofs are involved. They don't need the full diamond or whatever, but Jersey needs pineapples. Like they're setting it up so hard with Teresa uh-huh. and like all the other housewives carry fruits and stuff. So why can't they have pineapples?
1: Or like a pina colada. Cause like Potomac, they carry the champagne. So they could do like a pina colada something
0: but we're gonna get all into housewives and everything that is airing on tv right now i know you said you're watching shots of sunset potomac i watched that last night have you seen f y island i don't know if you're into that it's a new no. show oh I my god
1: i heard of f y island
0: you haven't even heard of it no f boy island so they're putting like oh f boy island
1: yes they have heard of that
0: yes okay is it
1: good i haven't watched it yet but everybody is talking about it
0: it's really good I like it a lot. I don't know how much, there's like longevity in this show, but what I don't like about it is there's too much testosterone.
1: Like Mm -hmm. I want to
0: see a little bit more because there's three girls and like 24 guys, but it's a really good show.
1: Yeah. I feel like my dating life is already F-Boy Island. So I, you know, and we
0: we can get into that as well, but I do want to hear about how you started your podcast and your brand and how you've turned into, you're so established. I'm very impressed by all of your work. And I don't know how often you talk about like how you started and what you do, but you should, cause I'm curious, how did you kind of start this podcast and everything? What were you doing before? Thank
1: you, Zachary. It's funny. I actually just did on my Instagram story yesterday. I just did like a full like recap of like, I was like, so for those of you that love Housewives but are new to me, like this is the history. Um, So my background is in, well, I've always loved reality TV. Like I loved like the golden VH1 era of like flavor of love, rock of love, charm school. I love money. Like, I feel like that's what Bravo needs to do with a lot of these Housewives is like, do that is like come up with that model because that would be fun for us to watch the housewives like compete against each other or like go to charm school like Ramona in charm school would be like the best thing ever um so I have always had that like deep appreciation I loved the hills um basically all the trash reality tv at that pop culture peak and so I always just loved like, gossiping about it. I mean, I remember even in the sixth grade, I was so into, like, the tabloids and everything that I created my own tabloid of like my classmates and i'd be like stewart was crying at lunch today here's a tip line oh it if you have any tips so i've okay. always just kind of loved curating the news investigating the pop culture tea and then spilling it all so that was always a passion of mine i've always kind of been interested in being in entertainment i did stand up for a couple of years i performed like at the laugh factory in the comedy store and gotham in new york so i did that for a hot minute And then I kind of started doing some YouTube stuff. Um, And then eventually I just got an opportunity. There was a a new studio, like the first ever podcast studio, because I started Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter six, a little over six years now. And so at that time, like nobody really knew what podcast was like podcasting. It was like when there were I there were the iPods and then it was all these like tech nerds that would like talk about, you know, tech shit on iTunes and then they would upload and you would listen to it on your iPod and then it went away for a minute. So then when it first started to come back up, there was this podcast studio that just opened they liked my YouTube stuff. So they were kind of like, Oh, you know, why don't we talk about you doing like a podcast? And I was like, mm, I don't know. I'm i I'm an on-camera talent. I'm not a uh-huh. radio talent. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, you know, it just, we were like, all right, let's give it a try. And it, kind of had many iterations over the past six years it's evolved so many different ways before ultimately falling back to my original passion of reality tv and pop culture which is all we talk about now housewives um shows on reality shows on e and mtv you know we're that's that that's what we dish on every week three times
0: um what were you first talking about when you started
1: There was a little bit of pop culture stuff, but I also am like such a wellness junkie. And I love like, you know, all of the woo-woo wellness shit. Like if Gwyneth Paltrow is putting it up, her hoo-ha chances are I am too. Mm -hmm. So I would try to mix in like wellness stuff and lifestyle stuff and interview like experts. And so it was kind of just like a potpourri of a lot of my different interests. So it didn't have like a real scope or niche. Mm -hmm. And I think- you know, like I said, I know I joked about being like an on-camera talent, but it really wasn't until I started utilizing the podcast and filming it and putting it on YouTube that it really just excelled and took off. So I think, you know, the past two years have really been the boom and the success of the show to help it get where it is now and ultimately where it's going. But yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're going on YouTube is kind of like an on-camera personality. Like to be completely honest, I don't know if I would have done my podcast if it, if there was no YouTube, if I couldn't upload it to YouTube, because I love being on YouTube so much. So part of the reason why I love creating podcasts like this is because you're on camera.
1: Yes. And, and It also is really great for the SEO. So like when you have a podcast, it's hard for somebody to Google and search something and for it to come up in a podcast and then you need a podcast app. Like with YouTube, you can put in keywords, you can, you know, tag different um, key terms attached to it. And then the title and the description Mm -hmm. will rank in Google. So when people are looking for things, it's just a smarter strategy for podcasting
0: overall. Yeah, there's more opportunity to grow. So did you start doing it once a week and then it got so popular, you created it three times a week and now is this kind of like your full-time gig?
1: Yeah, so I it used to be 30 minutes once a week. And that was really just because that was the only amount of time that I could really commit to the show. I had a full-time job. I used to um, run Jenny McCarthy's foundation, which was a really large foundation that helped families affected by autism. And that was my full-time job. And I did that for like 10 years. That ended a couple that, yeah, a couple of years ago when I was 25 is when I ended up transitioning full-time into podcasting and leaving the foundation. And so I didn't have a lot of time. So that 30 minute window was like perfect. And then when COVID hit, I always loved filming the podcast, um, and so occasionally I have a cameraman that I've worked with for for many, many years, and so he would occasionally come in and film clips that we would upload to YouTube, and I always saw that they did really well and so I kept pushing to make my podcast a video podcast, but because I was with the studio, there were just like a lot of like issues of like they're like, well, we can't film it, it's only audio and so that was a whole you know, mess, but my gut just kept telling me it needs to be video. So then when everything got shut down, um, when we were all quarantined last year and everyone was at home and I couldn't go in the studio, I was like, well, you know, I bought all this podcast equipment and I, and everyone's doing zoom, you know, it's kind of the standard, so I don't have to necessarily feel bad about the quality. I was like, you know what, let me just film all of these interviews and then let's see if it goes anywhere. And then it continued to kind of, Grow from there. And so, you know, video just kind of became the main, the main, you know, driver for the podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's also so much you can do with editing. One thing I like that you do is you really switch off whoever's talking because that makes it seem like, oh, maybe you're not on a Zoom. But this is kind of how society, the world has become. Like we have to record things on Zoom. It's just easier and anyone can do it. It's almost easier to be your own boss and be in your own driver's seat and then put out the content as you please. That's kind of the way to grow.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and like you said, people have just become so accustomed to it at this point, but, you know, so it grew from that 30 minutes a week, but, you know, then when I was on zoom, I wasn't restricted to studio time. So we were able to have like longer conversations. And then there was also the news aspect, whereas before I would break up interviews and news into that 30 minute timeframe. And then, there was just a higher demand for it, so I turned episodes on Monday solely dedicated to news episodes on Wednesday solely dedicated to interviews, and then I go live on Instagram on YouTube on Thursday nights to kind of just have that open dialogue with the community.
0: It's amazing It's all you need is a schedule, and the equipment and everything and anyone can do it and you honestly can make a yeah. lot of money content creating and just talking about these things and these are topics that people want to talk about so now you've become so many people's favorite reality tv blogger and people are Mm -hmm. talking to you and they don't even realize you're talking to everyone but they're talking to you and they are like thinking they're having this individual conversation with you and it's so amazing so what has your relationship been like with some of your listeners and your fans how deep does that go
1: i mean i always like people are so surprised which to me is so strange but people are always so surprised at how often i'm responding to dms and like having conversations with people even when it came to launching my wine like i was polling people in the dms and being like before it was ever announced, I was like, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Here are the designs. Here are some of the slogans. You know, I would kind of secretly pull people on like Instagram stories, but like in the DMs, like some of the loyal you know, supporters and listeners, I don't like calling them fans because I just think yeah. that's a really weird um, term to use, but like they are like just like supporters of the show. And so when I look at the show, it's more of like a we and it's collective with the community. Around. Like I'm part of this community. We're all in this together. I'm giving you the scoop, but like we're Talking about it in the DMs. So we do, I I do build these kind of really intimate relationships with people and we send voice notes back and forth. We have a private Facebook group where we go into deeper theories. You know, I really like interacting, you know, and showing people that like, you know, I'm grateful for the support that they show me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's also part of the job responding to DMs, responding to comments, like you've got to keep engaging with people, but I'm glad to hear that it's like actually genuine Because some people will just respond and not actually read the message and just respond. Like, you actually care about the community. You've mentioned you're a part of the community. You might be the face, but you're still just like everyone else in the community. So, that's really amazing that you've been able to grow all this. And it's only getting bigger. Do you have like a year plan, a three month plan? Do you see something coming for it? Are you just like waiting for the pandemic to end so there's more like in person opportunities?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to do more in-person opportunities. The studio's open again. We have like a nicer, newer sit-down camera setup for the studio. Um, So when I do like big interviews, I'll tape that in studio. The news shows, since they're a little more timely, I'm like comfortable kind of doing them at home for now still. Um, But yeah, I think the show itself has just, it's grown so much and I've learned it's helpful to have a roadmap. It's helpful to have a five-year plan. But it's ultimately just helpful to know what direction you want to go in and then just trust that by leaning in and giving all of like, you know, yourself to something you're passionate about, it kind of finds its own way. So I've stopped having those like strict rules and rubrics to follow because at this point, I'm just like, I've been, I've had to pivot, like my whole life has been a pivot at this point that like, you know, I kind of just let it go. And and that's where I've seen the most success when I try to not. Control and micromanage, and I kind of just trust the process. That's when it really kind of comes to fruition.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you're your own boss. You kind of create oh. your own schedule, your own terms. I mean, that's awesome. Um, so tell us about this wine and before we get into housewives. I've seen it everywhere. It's yellow, it's blue, which is your colors. I love yeah. that. How did you kind of get the idea to create this?
1: You know, it's so funny because I was looking at, obviously everybody started a podcast in 2020 and some people were not great at it. Yeah, you did. And you're very talented. And that's why, you know, this is working for you. Other people, I'm just like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, I get it. You're pa- or they're not even passionate about it. They're just doing it because okay. it's what they feel like they're supposed to do. So I was like, okay. And then everybody started a Patreon because everybody wanted to monetize and make money off of it. And as you know, like, it's really hard to monetize a podcast, And like, I didn't, I lost so much money and accumulated so much debt over the, in the earlier years of the podcasting before it became my full-time gig that like, I, I was like, okay, I don't want to, I don't like charging people for my content. I know it works for other people. And, and, you know, there may be a time and place where that makes sense for me and my show, but I was like, I don't want to do a Patreon. I feel like everybody's doing that. And then we're just dividing all of these people's money when they already have a Netflix and a Hulu and a Disney plus, and we're in a pandemic and people are trying to cut expenses. I don't want to add an expense, but I want to create something that's fun that we can kind of imbibe on while we're all sitting at home, watching these shows together, going on Instagram, DMing each other, or going on our stories and like, you know, you know, bitching about Ramona or about Sonia cases, you know what I mean? Like we're all already doing that and we're all already drinking as we're doing it as well. I was like, this would be kind of, I was like, what is my brand as Bethany would, would, you know, ask me, what is my brand? And I was like, well, my brand is I'd love to drink and I don't love to be hang- hung over. So why don't I, and I love reality TV and housewives. So why don't I, you know, it's serendipitously, you know, I connected with my partners at Elix who actually manufacture, um, Beer, wine, seltzers, and sparkling waters. And so, you know, we just kind of started talking, and they're like, Well, why don't you have you ever thought about doing your own? like you know custom product and i was like well I've, you know i've wanted to do it i've thought about doing it i don't know if i could carry it and then i was like what if i did something that was like super specific to the podcast and was housewives inspired because that's honest to me and it's honest to all of the listeners and viewers of the podcast that i think it would be something fun that we can enjoy together especially over the summer so i was like let's make it a a, a fizzy rosé that makes sense to have it like poolside we have beverly hills coming up we have new york coming up like we can watch it at night and sip some rosé or we can be out at the beach. We can, you know, I sneak them into my Ubers. I bring them into the restaurants with me. I sneak nice. it everywhere with me. Everywhere. So I was like, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be good. It doesn't, it shouldn't have a lot of sugar because sugar gives people hangovers and I don't like hangovers. I'm very conscious about my drinking habits. So there's less than a gram of sugar in it. But I was like, but we still need to be getting Liddy City. So it's 12.8% alcohol. So it packs a punch. It's one light rosé, but it, there are four different designs that you can drink from there's one inspired by Beverly Hills which is the one I have right here it says I stole Kim's goddamn house inspired by the season one finale one that says I'm ready to flip a table inspired by Jersey our fave our intro yes. our gateway into housewives I have one inspired by Atlanta that says now tell me who gonna check me boo and then I have another one inspired by what's the fourth one oh uh New York that says I'm ready to mention it all and then I'm also currently in the process of designing a limited edition Potomac can that'll
0: be coming out Soon. Ooh, with like a quote, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In. But yeah. you haven't, but you haven't revealed that yet.
1: Um, well, I polled people, so I guess I can say it's gonna be, um, it's gonna say "Drag me, I dare okay, you." Perfect. Inspired by the "Drag me, Monique" moment between Candice and Monique.
0: Okay, honestly, I would have been upset if it was anything else. I just felt like that—that's the most iconic Potomac moment.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, that's amazing. So good for you. And honestly, you're gonna find. When you want to make money and monetize, you're selling a product, promoting a product. That is kind of the way to do it because it doesn't feel like you're stealing people's money, which is kind of how Patreon could feel. But it's also like more of an exclusive, yeah, look yeah, yeah. people's life. I get why some people do Patreon. I guess why yeah, I get I why Stassi and Bo sense. do. Pa- yeah, I get why Stassi and Bo do Patreon because
1: they like, need a paycheck.
0: <laughs> yeah, they need a paycheck, and they have so many haters that it's almost yeah. easier to be on Patreon. To filter it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I haven't really dipped into the Patreon thing either. I don't think I will. I find the most money the most way to make an income is just by creating content and getting those views up, and then the greater funds and the monetizing will come and then the brands will sponsor in. So I love that you're genuine yeah. to your listeners.
1: You have to focus on the content and the monetization will come. You can't start a podcast and in two weeks be like, I need sponsors. I need to like yeah. it's great to have that hustler, entrepreneur mindset but it's like you can't go into it with that objective because then it's not an honest or genuine objective you know exactly. what i mean like you, you and and that's going to show and it's going to come through with people that are subscribing to your podcast
0: exactly now how long have you been bleaching your hair blonde?
1: <laughs> um it's been four years 2018 the beginning of 2018 i think is when it started so 2018 2019 2020 2021 yeah this is my fourth year
0: we love it. I mean, all. I feel like all gays go through that phase, but that's like truly become your personality. And yeah. it,
1: it 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 really has. I'd wanted to do it for like two years prior. And then I did it. And obviously, you know, people do it when they're like in a midlife crisis or they're in quarantine and they kind of do it themselves. I'm very particular about my hair. Um, and it kind of just differentiated me so much at the time. Uh, at the time I bleached it, I was at this like, um, digital network that did after shows for a lot of reality shows and I noticed that a lot of people had very similar looks and so me there were a couple of other hosts at that network that had a very similar look and I and once I dyed my hair once I bleached it blonde or platinum it just kind of differentiated me and made me stand out a little more so I was kind of like I like this and I like that it you know it kind of pulls me to the front because that hair kind of just like captures your attention right away
0: a hundred percent I mean you're telling me as a redhead I want to dye my hair even redder so it's like more (laughs) obvious but um yeah a hundred percent so let's kind of dish get into these housewives get into these shows I mean this is what the people want to hear I kind of want to talk about Dallas really briefly because I've seen your posts I've seen some things around three new housewives they're gonna apparently they're firing Stephanie Brandy and Carrie and I mm-hmm. feel like these these are always rumors, but the rumors always end up being true. So like, I actually think this is going to happen. And I just, you might as well cancel the show. Like, I don't really understand what direction they're going in. How do you feel about this decision?
1: I feel like they're trying to revamp it the way they revamped OC. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I get it. It makes sense. We're hearing rumors that that's what they're potentially planning to do with New York as well. I think it can only... I mean, we're going to have to see if it actually does anything. I also heard they were looking at bringing back um, Carrie, the original Carrie, not Carrie yeah. Um They were Carrie uh, Duber, right? Duber. Yeah, Duber. So I think they, I mean, I know I've heard that. I haven't heard any more like confirmation to that, but I've heard that rumor swirling around. I think it'll be interesting to, because last season ended with this contention between Cam and Tiffany. I think that is what they're hoping will kind of be the hook Mm -hmm. to anchor the show as they introduce some new fresh blood. I think it's hard. Like for me, I was kind of like, I think we just need to like scrap Dallas altogether. Like. it's. it's So dark. Yeah, it's gotten so dark. And it just, you know, with the cheating scandals and the racism accusations and the, you know, the feuds on on social media, like it just got so, so dark that I'm just like, I don't know if we can really recover from that but i guess introducing new blood might be able to do it you know i felt like deandra and stephanie were the easy shoe ins to bring back because they were so vanilla
0: mm-hmm. but
1: i mean who knows i mean i'm hearing stephanie isn't fully off the table but there's a good chance she's probably not coming back but i'm excited uh-huh. to see fresh blood and to see where this goes and to hopefully yeah. get some sort of resolution to the cam tiffany stuff
0: I feel like Fresh Blood does pretty well recently in the Bravo universe, but I don't understand why they would get rid of Stephanie. I feel like she's become the heart of the show. It used to be Leanne. And then once they got rid of Leanne, I was like, the show is going downhill. How are they going to not bring back Stephanie? I feel like she's that center of the show. Like who's, think, who's Cameron going to be friends with?
1: I think they're going to give Deandra, they're going to let Deandra kind of be the anchor moving forward. Whether or not she can hold that, has will be has yet to be determined yeah but I mean I think the new girls are obviously going to have to pick you know some sort of alliance we know Tiffany and well I actually think Cameron's going to have to kiss Tiffany's feet to kind of come back into the good graces or else she's going to be villainized next season
0: yeah, I mean, she went through a pretty dark phase earlier this year. She I mean, was and she's trying,
1: yeah, and she's trying. Like, I've I haven't listened to her podcast, but I heard that like she like talked to like a diversity coach on the podcast, and she's like making all of these steps to kind of correct some of her wrongdoings in the past um, i mean whether cam should be the one doing that or her husband and her brother-in-law is a different story but mm-hmm. you know it, she definitely is trying to keep her job and also genu- seemingly genuinely trying to do better
0: okay well i've always loved cameron except for last season cuz i was like a tiffany stan so yeah if, i love tiffany i if cameron can kind of get her act around wish her all the best i feel like she has that style and that, like, personality that we need on Housewives, so hopefully they save Dallas, if not, like, it's okay to squash it, like, it's okay to get rid of it, like, we don't, we just have Salt Lake City, which is fire, like, new season is coming, apparently in September, we might be getting a trailer, so we don't really need 15,000 franchises, we're getting Miami back, so I would be okay with that, are you excited for Salt Lake City, I'm pumped about it
1: so excited. I think at this point, we need to like trim the fat, and Dallas is definitely the fat. We need to keep the meat, the core, the good stuff. We got rid of um, D.C. We got rid of Miami. I mean, we're trying to bring Miami back, and we'll see if that's successful, but I think at this point, Peacock's trying to do everything they can just to get people Mm -hmm. to subscribe, but with Salt Lake City, I mean, that sounds like it's going to be so good. I cannot wait to see all the Jen Shaw stuff go down because we've never seen it happen in real time before. Like, What gold getting Salt Lake City and Beverly Hills while the scandals are breaking. You know what I mean? It's not even like it happened after the fact or it happened before the season and we have to talk about it because it happened. No, it's ha- it's breaking in real time. And I'm excited to see this and I'm excited to see how Jen Shaw is going to play this. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's looking real bad for like when the feds have an entire case against you and they've been investigating you for years and yet you're still trying to maintain full innocence and not just like I'm going to be quiet and not say anything and hopefully try to get out of this. She's very much like I'm innocent. So that the ego on that one is ooh.
0: I'm excited to see it play out because the way she posts on Instagram, like nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. So I'm excited. Um, funny story. I actually ran into Meredith Seth and I wrote an elevator with Brooks um, a few weeks ago in Los Angeles it was so crazy. I just saw them at like the, one of the hotels. And um, you know, I asked Meredith, I was like, what's going on with Salt Lake city. Is it coming back? She's like, they're trying to push it to come quicker because I guess it was a good season. And then I was like, what's going on with Jen? And I mean, she kind of, she had nothing to say. She didn't know what was going on. So I don't really know who Jen is going to be friends with on the show. It seems like she might be getting iced out. Uh,
1: from what I've seen, she's friends with Heather and uh, Whitney. Okay. Bad weather. Uh, uh,
0: I love Heather.
1: I like Heather. I love Whitney. I love. I mean, I love them all to be, except for, well, yeah, except for Jen Shaw and Mary. I know everybody loves Mary. I don't care I'm not for Mary. a Mary fan. I don't like okay. Mary. She's like, okay. She, like, it makes me cringe. Um, she's just so awkward on camera. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. that's what people love about her. Like, I love a good hot mess. Like, I love me some Kim Richards, and Kim Richards is cringeworthy sometimes. But, um, yeah, I think Mary and Jen are the only two that I'm just not the biggest fans of.
0: I like Jen for entertainment purposes. Mary will- she can grow on you but there's gonna be a new housewife so that will be exciting um but let's talk Potomac before we get into Beverly Hills this season's actually starting off kind of slow for me my thoughts on Mia is that she's a little too much apparently she was a fan of the show she's trying really hard Wendy is also trying really hard I don't know where to stand I'm kind of my favorite on the show has become Robin Dixon I don't know if that is sad or not but um that's kind of where I stand on Potomac right now what are your thoughts on this season
1: I really liked this season. I was a newer subscriber to Potomac, so I didn't start watching it until last season because obviously there was the whole altercation with Monique and Candace and that made so many headlines and had so much buzz around it that I was like, okay, I guess I need to watch this. And so I enjoyed last season and I am enjoying this season. I actually like Mia. I like that she's very unapologetic. She comes in hard. It's very classic housewife. She's married to an older man. She kind of does business. She's very open about her plastic surgery. I like that she's not afraid. Wendy, I loved last season and I liked her going into this season. And now I'm just like, oh my God, if I have to hear Zen Wen one more time, I'm going to throw myself out the damn window. Like I don't Like she's trying too hard to make memes and gifts and you know, trying to deliver lines. And I'm like, girl,
0: stop. And she lives too far. I mean, she's literally like a whole state over. I'm like, how do you even work with someone that lives so far? Like nobody wants to go to your house, Zen when. Like she just did she just does the most. But where do you kind of stand? Are you on team Wendy or team Mia?
1: Um, I think team Mia, because I don't think Mia has really come at Wendy. I think Wendy's kind of taken a lot more personally than she needs to. And I like that Mia's not backing down from Wendy. And I love Wendy.
0: Okay. And where do you stand on Karen versus Giselle? I mean <laughs> I'm team Karen. <sighs>
1: I mean, I think I'm team Karen too. I just, Giselle, I mean, I don't think that Giselle was wishing death on Karen's husband. Like that was a little, uh, that was, she's like, don't come for my man. I was like, calm down, Karen. Like that's, you know, but I did love the hot box. I love the sing sing. I love, you know, Karen just is so effortless in her shade. And I just, I'm definitely team Karen.
0: But that, didn't that happen like three years ago? Like why is Karen bringing it up just for a storyline? Probably. Yeah. And, like, I don't hate on it, because, like, I get, like, this is how, when you're on the show for so long, you become a producer. And I think that was LVP's ultimate demise. Yeah. So I get that they're trying to produce a show while be the reality star. So all bets are off. I bet you, Karen and Giselle, like, probably get along when they're not filming more than we would think. Yeah. So that's where we stand on Potomac. But let's go into Beverly Hills. Um, I mean, you're covering all things, Erica Jane, which I love. And I mean, the biggest question is, did she know? Did she know? I mean, I watched the documentary. Her name was on plenty of court documents. She was signed as a secretary. She's like, where did the money go? The money went to your account, Erica, so you can buy yourself clothes. I mean, that's kind of where I stand on it. I feel like she knew a lot, but I don't think she knew like everything.
1: Yeah. I've you know I've dug so deep into it and um you know I have very hot takes and opinions about it. I mean I've literally like googled so many legal terms. Uh-huh. I've like all of his divorce documents from his ex-wife, you know. I've dug into all of it and I know all of the headlines about Erica. Um they're more salacious than they are credible. I'm on the team of like, I actually don't think she really knew anything. And I don't think, because there are like a lot of like these little facts of like, oh, well, she was listed as a secretary, but she was listed as a secretary of Girardi Financial, which is a whole other separate business that really looking at it from the outside doesn't even look like it was a real legitimate business. It looked like a shell company that he was using to funnel money through. And there were so many other people that were also listed in all of these companies. He had so many companies and it looks like it was just his way of kind of shuffling and moving around the money. And I think her name was just on that specific uh company just as a seat filler I don't think she actually participated in a lot of that stuff and even when you go back and look at a lot of her old interviews or read her book like she talks, she's very clear that like her main role in the business was just to be the eye candy and to entertain the wives when Tom was trying to close a deal like I think she likes to play up that she's really legally savvy and that Tom let her in on a lot but when you actually look at it I don't think like I think he was a lot smarter and he also got burned, which I covered in my most recent deep dive. He got burned by his ex-wife who testified against him in court and talked about how he would abuse the legal system. So I think after her testimony, he may not be as willing to make the same mistake and loop wife number three in on things. Um, I don't love her social media. I think it's very tactless. I think it's very um, inauthentic inauthentic or authentic to who she is, but very narcissistic, you know? And I think it's just, it's very tone deaf and unnecessary. And I think it's part of probably part of like a PR strategy and a legal strategy, but it's definitely not winning over, you know, the fans for sure. And I'm not a fan of her social media presence at all, but in terms of like the actual, like Tom, we have the voicemails of Tom, we have a signature on all of the documents like tom like there's enough receipts against tom to know that like this man did it and he did it for decades and he did it long before erica ever came around he would likely continue to do it long after erica left he's the one that i think we should really focus our energy on erica she's frustrating because she really is so tone deaf but do i think she committed any of the crimes no okay she has- she hasn't been charged criminally with anything. Jen Shaw has been charged criminally that in and of itself, you know, it's different. different. Yeah.
0: It's funny that you bring up the PR strategy because these paparazzi photos and I mean, paparazzi photos are all staged or like 90% of them are, they're getting pictures of her outside her house with pizza and diet Coke. Like no one, you're calling it to your house. Like, what is the reason for this? Why do people need to see you eating Papa John's and Diet Coke. Like, I don't get it. I was under the impression, I guess from watching the documentary that she was like manipulating him for so many years and that he got fed up with her. And that's kind of why he ended up cheating on her. And I mean, it just confuses me why she never cared.
1: Yeah, well, but then you look at their history and they never signed a prenup and he told her going into the marriage that he was never going to wear a wedding ring. So I don't think he ever had any intention of being faithful to her. And I think she was okay with that. She's like, I got a kid. I got a kid. This rich man is willing to take care of us. He's a nice enough guy. You know, he takes care of me and provides for me. I don't care if he cheats, you know, and kind of turns the other cheek. And I think that was just part of like their arrangement, which is kind of the case with a lot of like those Beverly Hills sugar daddy relationships is it's more of an arrangement more than it is a marriage.
0: Yeah. And that's fair. I mean, to each their own, if that is what she was looking for out of a marriage, then I'm sure they weren't even sleeping in the same bed together.
1: Oh, no, I don't think they were even in the same bedroom. I think she was in a whole other hallway. I don't don't even think Tom knows where to find her bedroom in the house.
0: Yeah. But now it's all interesting because his age comes to a factor. He's just not looking good. I look at him and I'm like, he's deteriorating. Like he really is. um, But I mean, I think Erica would be fine. Like she can make her own money. She has her own brand. I don't know how much she makes from housewives, but I feel like she would be fine if, but now that she's getting tied into this legal stuff, it's just not looking good for her. How much do you think she would make like a season of housewives? Do you get into like those like analytics and studies and stuff?
1: Yeah. I mean, I assume she's making maybe like 500 to 600,000 per season. She's not making like Kyle Richards money. She's not making a million, but she's been on the show long enough. Um cuz I yeah, I think she has to be making at least 600.
0: I mean, that's that's enough to survive but, by
1: herself. Well, the hard part, though, is there, you know, everyone, she's now being sued by the bankruptcy and everyone's coming after her money and saying that she owes, you know, money that Tom invested into her company. And so she's likely, they're going to fight her to kind of have to pay all of that back and turn over all of her community property that was accumulated throughout their marriage. So she's likely going to be in a pile a dome of debt for a very long time paying back all and the the really unfortunate part is he's gonna get away with all of it he's not going to jail yeah he's not going to jail in order for the state bar to prosecute him he a lawyer has to be of sound mind and he's just been diagnosed with alzheimer's and dementia whether that's real or not or whether he just has pretend amnesia that's you know up in the air but they can't prosecute somebody that's not of sound mind so he's not going to be charged criminally and then in terms of paying everything back he said the money doesn't he doesn't have any more of the money so they'll liquidate all of his assets but until they have proof or a paper trail of where the money went he doesn't he has no money to fork over so wow. you know he's likely gonna be you know chilling on his own and she's gonna be the one probably left to hold the back
0: a horrible way to end your life. Yeah. Wow. Um, Beverly Hills, let's rapid fire Team Sutton or Team Crystal.
1: Crystal. I love Crystal.
0: I like her too. I am I was Team Sutton, but now I'm like, Sutton is just doing the most and it needs to calm down. Um, where are you at with Kyle and Dorit? And Dorit, even being on the show in general, is she getting faded out in a way or is it just kind of COVID? Maybe it's hard to film everything.
1: Um. I love Dorit. I think a lot of her scenes are probably getting cut because there's just other meatier stuff to focus on with the other women. I know she has her like bridal collection that's going to be coming out. I would assume she's been filming all of that, but none of that's made it to air yet. And I think, again, it's just because the priority and I know I'm hearing she gets into like more beef with Garcelle later into the season. So she will have her moment, but I think she's not the focus of the first half of the season because there's not really a need to be the focus of it yet. So I love Dorit overall. This, again, has been kind of a a lackluster season for her. So for me as a fan of Dorit, I'm kind of like, "Mm, there's not much going on with her. But Kyle versus Dorit, I felt like that was the perfect opportunity that Kyle gave her to have like a feud and some camera time. And Mm -hmm. she just exited that so quick. And I'm just like, girl, she was giving you camera time and you just exited and now you lost all this camera time. So I don't know how
0: many dresses you're going to sell after that, but... That she desperately loves. I mean, Dorit's kind of like the Cameron West God. They have a similar type of vibe. Do you think Dorit really owes all that money back in taxes, her MPK?
1: I mean, here's the thing. That's another thing that people love to kind of talk about is all the taxes and the headlines of the housewives and the crimes. And a lot of it is not as salacious as the headlines make it out to be. Do they probably owe money to the IRS probably you know they are wealthy people whether you know a lot of it was loaned or or whatever you know they've each brought money into the marriage and i'm pretty sure i mean people don't realize how often especially people with that much money or one targeted by the IRS and two have these moments like if you think about it if they're making multi million dollars a year for several years then 5 million is a fraction of what they actually made. And so, you know, people have tax issues. I'm not somebody that ever, you know, thinks tax issues are that kind of salacious unless it's like a Teresa and Joe situation where they were actually defrauding um, and and committing, you know, all sorts of, of fraud with the government and the loans that they were taking out. That's like a real, you know, and tax evasion is a real thing. Mm hmm. I don't know if Dorit and PK had some scheme to, you know, evade paying their taxes. There may have been a slip up somewhere or they may have thought they could have gotten away with stuff. But As we learn with the IRS, you never get away with it.
0: Literally, I, literally every money, everything I've ever made, any dime, I'm like so nervous because I'm like these freaking housewives they are teaching us to pay your taxes, be on top of this shit. So I'm always so cautious. Um, let's kind of round things up with Shaz of Sunset. Where are you at with that? Um, Will. Reza ever meet MJ's baby.
1: I hope. Yeah, I think that will eventually happen. I hope it happens sooner rather than later. Their fight was really bad, though. I mean, the abortions and the bathhouses and all of that stuff. And I've had Reza on my show a couple of times. I just had Mike on my show. So, I mean, I love... The cast, I love the close-knit relationships. I think that's where Vanderpump kind of went wrong as they added in all these other people that like it didn't focus on the core foundation of their like genuine friendships. Whereas I think Shaws of Sunset is really a lot more family oriented. And so it continues to give us that. So I have faith that there will be a reunion with MJ and Reza to the point where he gets to meet Shams.
0: Hopefully, because this is just really really dragging on and Shaw's just isn't the best this season, but I still like to watch it. I've dipped into family karma like you as well. Um, who are some of your favorite guests you've interviewed? Who have you interviewed recently that everyone needs to check out?
1: Oh, good question. Um, so I did some really fun interviews with the Vanderpump ladies with Lala, Sheena and Ariana. And that made a lot of like big headlines because they had a lot to say about each other on the show which I am looking forward to seeing how it gets addressed when they're actually filming the show because now it seems like they're all in a really good place. So I kind of want to watch that journey. So those are some really good, fun interviews. I actually, on, my Insta, on the show's Instagram account, at No Filter with Zach, there's a, a highlight that has like our top 10 juiciest interviews. I just did one with Jacqueline Larito, who is a New mm-hmm. Jersey OG. I think that's one of my current favorites because it's just like, it's juicy and she's not under contract and she has no loyalty to Bravo that she just like spills it all.
0: Yes, I I did listen to the part of that. I've listened to yours with Lala. I loved that. Um, You're doing awesome interviews. So I definitely think everyone needs to check you out. Um, Where can everyone find you? Where can everyone get the wine? Give us kind of the lowdown. Why should everyone follow you?
1: (laughs) You should follow me because I post... Really funny, juicy content and occasionally we'll throw in some thirst traps. So you'll want to enjoy that and validate me very much. You can follow me at Just Plain Zach. You can follow my show at No Filter With Zach. You can get my wine at nofilterwine.com and hashtag No Filter With Zach Peter is available on all podcast platforms and available to watch on the YouTube.
0: Awesome, everyone check him out. And thank you so much for being here. All right, guys, that was my podcast interview with Zach Peter make sure you guys check out his podcast. He has amazing interviews, amazing content. Go follow him on Instagram. I will have all of his links down below so you guys can check him out. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Zachary Reality. We did a little Zach Egg Zach collab. I've been getting amazing guests on. I will continue to get amazing guests on. I will always be covering reality TV content. So thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on literally anywhere you get your podcast as well as the video version on my youtube channel please subscribe to my youtube channel if you guys have not already let me know in the comments what you guys think of the podcast give us a five-star review do all of those things and always come back to zacharyreality.com or just zacharyreality on instagram tiktok literally everywhere we're going to be talking about bachelor in paradise next week on my podcast so i cannot wait to dish on that with you guys thank you as always so much for listening and i will see you guys next time have a great weekend